Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Have you ever felt anxious? Have you ever worried? Have you ever grumbled or complained? <laughs> I, I was looking for an answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'd imagine you have. I have as well. We are anxious about our present situation. Sometimes this anxiety is such a strong feeling that it makes us want to crawl right out of our skin. We worry about the future. Is the world, if the world is this bad right now, how is it going to be in 10 years? Am I going to be able to make it through this situation that I find myself in? And in our anxiety and worry, we often grumble and complain, feeling sorry for ourselves and wondering why we have to endure the things that we are enduring. When you stop to think about it, it is amazing what we find to complain about and grumble about. Some of the things that we grumble and complain about we would feel pretty silly admitting to others uh, who do not have the things that we have. But to be fair, if they were in our shoes, I can almost guarantee they would be complaining about the same things that we do. And if we were in their shoes, we would, comp we would be able to complain about the same things as them. In this life, it really doesn't matter how much or how little you have. There are always things that can give us anxiety and things that will make us worry. And there will always be things to grumble and complain about. At my house right now, I have a list of probably 15 things that I'm constantly in my mind grumbling and complaining about. The Israelites, as they are recorded in the book of Exodus, had it very, very rough. In the beginning of the book, they were actually slaves to a cruel pharaoh. They had so much to complain and even cry and feel desperate about. The people were anxious and worried about angering Pharaoh. This Pharaoh would change his mood from one moment to the next. Their very lives depended on his changing moods and his paranoias. At one time, this Pharaoh doubled the Israelites' work while taking away their supplies. At another time, he demanded that all Israelite firstborn males be killed. Can you imagine having a child in that day and age? In these conditions, as you can imagine, they cried out to the Lord for him to remember his promises to them. In these unstable conditions, they were in a place of need. Against all odds, as we read on, God delivered them from their slavery. He did this through amazing miracles that he performed through his servant Moses. 
They who once complained and worried as slaves were freed from the hands of their enemies, from those who meant them harm. But believe it or not, there were new things to complain about now that they were free. Things that they had never ever considered before. On the 15th day of the second month, we read, after they had parted from the land of Egypt, it should be noted that they parted with great song and jubilation. They departed wealthy, for the uh, uh, Egyptians gave them much uh, wealth as they were leaving the land. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel freed. They grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. The Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day. They grumbled, complained, and cried as slaves. They grumbled, complained, and cried in their freedom, longing for the guaranteed food that they had in their slavery. Now they had food every day without work, but they still did not trust the Lord. And even though they had food without work, we read read that there was one other time among many that they complained to God. Hear what they said this time. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water And here's the kicker. And we loathe this worthless food. Have you ever looked in a cupboard, in your cupboard or refrigerator, and it's full of food, and then you go, oh, there's nothing to eat. (laughs) I do that almost every day. They did not have any food stored away, but they had miraculous bread from heaven that tasted like honey that they came to loathe. And they referred to it as worthless. When we look at their situation, we might be tempted to think, man, those guys were really ungrateful. But what would happen if we took the standards that we apply to them and then turn them around and apply them to us, what do we have? Jesus said, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap. They don't store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not of much more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil or spin. And yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory is not arrayed like one of these. And if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Don't be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? The Gentiles, that is, the unbelievers, seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father, he knows you need them all. In another place, Jesus said, Do not work for food that perishes, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you, For on him, uh, that is on the Son of Man, God has set his seal. And this is the work of God, that you would believe in him whom he has sent. You see, as we go through this life, we tend to let perishing things, things that won't last, occupy about 99% of our thoughts and our efforts. And when we are working so hard to get, to improve, to keep perishing things, we're bound to get anxious. We're bound to worry. And we're bound to grumble and complain. You can't keep them. You can't keep it up. You see, this world, it's a fallen world. It is a world stained by original sin, by death itself. And in that death, it is a veil that overshadows everything. No matter what you do or accomplish from the moment you leave the cradle until the day when you return to the dust, there's a sense of urgency and there's a fight against the clock that if you set all your hopes on those things, you will be disappointed. And this type of thinking, it has made many people, many people feel feelings of doom and despair. I'd imagine that we've all been there. But Jesus bids us to set our hopes on something greater. He calls for us to focus our attention on things that can't be taken away from us. He bids us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things shall be added to you. That doesn't mean you're going to get everything you want. It means just as you have every day till this day, you will have what you need. In other words, if we focus on what we have because of Jesus, we can start being grateful, even for the little things, And get this, perhaps even for the struggles. We recognize that we've been taken care of every day of our lives. And though we've seen and experienced difficult times, 
Times that may have brought us to tears. Times that may have made us hurt greatly. The Lord has led us to this day. When we are here gathered together. Hearing of his love and his care for us once again. We hear of the gift of eternal life that he gives us. That we could never earn. And we do not deserve. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Whoever comes to me, I will not cast out. You ever feel unworthy? You don't, Jesus promises, whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. They died. I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give to the world is my flesh. When we receive Jesus and compare the gift, the bread that he is, to the complaints that we have in this temporal world, all of those things fade away. And our grumbling, when we weigh the two, our grumbling turns, it's transformed into thankfulness. In Jesus, we do not have eternal, nor do we have temporal punishment that we deserve. No. And in Jesus, instead of all things falling apart, which is what we're always worried about, the Bible tells us that in Jesus, all things hold together, making peace by the blood of his cross. In him, consider these gifts. We have air we breathe. The food we eat and drink. The clothing and the shoes we wear the home and family we dwell in and with. In Jesus, we have income, government, friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. More than that, Jesus, the bread from heaven, gives us life and sustenance that, that will take us right into heaven, even if we die in this fading world. In Jesus, we realize that God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to all evil people, that is, people who have not received him. And when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, as Jesus taught us, we pray that God would lead us to realize this and receive that daily bread, his daily provision for us, his provision for all people, that we would receive it with thanksgiving. And when God turns our hearts from complaining to thankfulness, our anxieties and our worries begin to leave. Moreover, consider this. The thankful life, it is an appealing life. It is appealing in this world of anxiousness. 
And that we pray that God would use, use the thankful lives of his people. <laughs> we pray that God would use the thankful lives of his people to make worried people curious. Curious about the daily bread that we have. And we pray that God would use his church to share bread. That is bread with a capital B, bread from heaven, with a world that is hungry for something more. That with us, they would also eat and be satisfied. So yes, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Amen. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.